Welcome to your library podcast. I'm Hannah Vierkamp, Creative Experience Resource Specialist at St. Louis Public Library. And I'm Mary Meyer, Manager of Digital Services. It is officially spring as we are recording this episode. The library is open for limited hours and we continue to offer curbside services and a variety of virtual programming. Today on your library podcast, we learn about virtual programs for artists and a library initiative to increase diversity in our special collections. And we'll meet Duval Library Manager Eugene Elder and hear about the experiences that brought him to the library. In February, the library launched a new program requesting memorabilia to build an online collection that highlights Black-owned businesses in St. Louis. My name is Amanda Barivola, and I'm the Special Collections Librarian here at St. Louis Public Library Central. And just talking a little bit about our brand new program we're super excited about. We're building the Black Family Business Archive here at the St. Louis Public Library. And so this is an attempt to gain materials for researchers to use. Um, And we're interpreting this very, very broadly. So it doesn't have to be a business that is still in business. It doesn't have to have been a brick and mortar business. Anything and everything where it's a pretty wide range because we want to be sure that we're collecting those materials and that they're around for researchers in future years. Um, This is going to be a pilot program for us. If it's successful, we hope to do this with some other projects. And we've been wanting to do this for a long time, but when Black History Month came around, it really got to thinking about programming. So that's when we decided to launch it. So what we're attempting to do is increase our archives, our holdings in Black history in general. And because that's just a voice that we don't have many materials in. And so what we're hoping to do is kind of two things with this project. The first is to actually have people donate physical materials so that we are building a physical collection that researchers can come in and work with on all different kinds of projects. And then we're also hoping to create a digital version of that as well. So this is mostly so it increases access for people who may not be able to come down to Central and look at the physical items. And it also gives people an opportunity if they're not quite ready to part with something yet, because we're talking about family histories and pictures and things like that, you might not be ready to give those up yet, but it's an opportunity for us to have digital versions of those and include them in the project. And so they can be shared that way. And are these St. Louis businesses in particular? These are St. Louis businesses in particular, but we're, we're willing to expand the scope of that out. So if there's any kind of St. Louis connection, perhaps the business wasn't in St. Louis, but the person who started it was from St. Louis, or we're looking a little bit, it can be Metro East, or um, we're just kind of casting a wide net to see what we get. And we're just kind of adjusting from there based on what kind of response we get. Have you received quite a few items so far? We have not received a lot of physical items yet, but I think a lot of that has had to do with the fact that we were curbside. We've talked to a lot of people on the phone, so I think those physical things will start rolling in. But we've gotten about 48 digital items so far, Um, and it's a little bit of everything from a business that was a restaurant and it's a copy of a menu to um, an advertising campaign and a lot of photos and photos. We we love to get photos. The more visual, the better. Right. So it's been fun. But we've really done a lot of speaking with people over the phone because 
it's a little bit confusing because when it's your family stuff, you don't necessarily always think about donating it because you don't realize that that can be of interest to researchers. So it's a lot of educating people on, yes, that's exactly the kind of thing we'd like to have. So it's been fun having a lot of those conversations over the phone. So we started uh, looking at all the various kind of segments we could do because we needed to kind of narrow it down a little bit to see how much stuff we would get and how we would handle it. So we decided to work with Black family businesses in St. Louis because that is something we get asked about sometimes. And we really just, other than city directories and just really general kinds of holdings, we just really didn't have much. So it seemed to be a good place to start. And then this is not something that has an end date. So we're going to continually collect for this and we'll continually add things as they as they come to us. Are there any particular kinds of items that you're especially interested in adding to the collection that you'd like to let people know you're looking for? You know, I just would remind people that we are a library as opposed to a museum. So we're looking more for paper-based things as opposed to large objects. We just don't have storage for a lot larger objects. And, you know, we're not trained to care for objects. We're trained to care for paper and, and photos. So I think the more personal things are what wind up being really interesting to researchers. So um, if there's correspondence or photos, uh, those are the kinds of things that people are really interested in. You mentioned that this was a pilot. Do you have another collection in mind that you want to try next? Oh, lots of things. So I would like to look at Black schools in St. Louis. Um, we'd also like to look at neighborhoods. I'd like to look at immigrant groups in St. Louis. And I just think there's so many possibilities out there. So we're excited to get this started. And we've wanted to do something along the lines of crowdsourcing for a while. And so this is a little step towards that um, in terms of being able to get materials directly from people and have us tell the story behind it as well. And if people have other materials that might be underrepresented that they're interested in donating but aren't particularly part of this collection with the Black family businesses, are you ready for them to reach out to you for those as well? Absolutely. We, you know, we do that all the time. I just don't think the word's out there as much because we've not necessarily had a forum to advertise that. But absolutely, yes, please think of us. We're anxious to grow our collections and make them deeper and more inclusive and more, you know, multi-format. Um, you know, one of the things about the renovation of Central that happened was special collections moved out of the basement and was a little less hidden away. And so I think we're still getting the word out that we do have a special collections department and we do collect these kinds of things. So yes, please, when we're interested in talking to anybody anytime about materials they would like to donate. Along those lines, do you want to give a little pitch about special collections? Sure. Our special collections department here is kind of three pieces. Um, it's actually the rare books department. So that's your standard things you think about first editions and local authors and bound materials. But there's also the manuscripts section. And the manuscript section are traditionally unpublished material, a lot of photograph collections, a lot of maps. It's history based in general, but anything and everything to do with St. Louis so it's a little bit of everything. We have the media archives because there was a big collection activity to document the history of media in St. Louis. So we have materials on radio stations and TV stations and um, marketing firms, things like that. Um, and then kind of the third piece 
of the archives here is the St. Louis Public Library's own archive, because we are such an old historic institution that, you know, all of our records are interesting for historians. But it's kind of one of those things that if it's about St. Louis and you're curious that there are materials, give us a call because we'll likely have something (laughs) in some collection. Well, thank you for talking with us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. That was Assistant Director of Central and Head of Special Collections, Amanda Barr-Avola. You can find out more about this project at slpl.org, or you can call Rare Books and Manuscripts at 314-539-0370 for more details or to arrange a donation. We'll also link to the online donation form on our blog post for this episode at slpl.org podcast. On the second episode of Your Library Podcast, which you can find wherever you're listening to this, we took a tour of Central Library and learned about its history and architectural significance. A new series for artists takes inspiration from our beloved flagship library. My name is Alita Lanier, and I'm an adult services provider at Central Library. I am doing a program called Art Studio Central which is a virtual art class that highlights some of the hidden treasures at Central Library. There are so many unique and beautiful details here between the architecture and the collections. And so we will use some of these things as visual cues for practicing different materials and techniques. All skill levels are welcome. It's geared towards adults, but it is not exclusive to adults. And people can use this class to learn new things or to hone existing skills or to join a creative community, to relax, whatever it is, you're welcome to join us. This is a virtual class for the time being. It will be every three weeks on alternating Fridays and Saturdays. And you can find the dates and sign up on the St. Louis Public Library website under events and you look up Art Studio Central. And even if there's a wait list, please sign up because a lot of people decide they can't do it at the last minute. What should people expect from these classes? It will either be me, I'm an artist or another artist in their studio demonstrating some basic techniques, uh, whether it's charcoal drawing or watercolor painting. And they'll go over that and then we will use the image and then people will just work alongside the instructor at their own home. And at the end, people can show what they've done or not. And you can ask questions. Uh, You're encouraged to do whatever you want in terms of working realistically or expressively. So that's what it is. (laughs) Great. And do people need to have their own materials? They do not. You can use your own materials. Even if it's a charcoal class, you can use pencil. That's totally up to you. But also, we will have a limited number of basic supply kits available for pickup at Central Library the week before. So we'll have some charcoals if that's the class. We'll have some watercolors if that's the class. Great. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this program? Uh, Yes. So... Uh, I should mention that our fine arts librarian will be providing a relevant book list for each class. So those are books that can be checked out, obviously. And I will email that to participants and it will also be available online. And I, I will say also that I hope to do this class in person eventually, because I think it would be really fun if people could come here to Central Library and we could do things like 
do a plein air painting in the pollinator garden or do perspective drawing in the great hall. So hopefully someday, but for now it'll be fun virtually. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Hannah. That was Central Adult Services Provider, Alita Lanier. You can register for Art Studio Central sessions at our virtual events quick link at slpl.org. While you're there, check out Artist Exchange as well. This is a new series that I'm hosting with Creative Experience. It's a monthly peer-to-peer event for artists of all media to share work in a supportive environment. Please join us. Your Library Podcast is dedicated to showcasing the library's events and resources, but none of these would be possible without the wonderful community of staff and customers that make SLPL so special. We are pleased to periodically get to introduce you to some of those people. Eugene Elder came to the library with a background in political organizing. He spoke with us about his values around community building and how they have led him here. I'm Eugene Elder. I'm the branch manager at Duval. And Duval Branch Library is a branch on the northeast side. I've been working at this location for um, about 14, 15 months now. And this is actually my, my first job with the St. Louis Public Library. I started as a library technician. Prior to that, most of my work experience was in political organizing and uh, freelance writing. I think I've always been drawn to people in need. And I've always been attracted by like the power of public institutions to make significant changes in a lot of people's lives. Some of the most recent campaigns I worked on before starting at the library were related to criminal justice reform, sort of just trying to, to get communities that get overlooked a lot some more attention. The library attracted me in particular because that sort of career path that I was on involved a lot of moving around. And everywhere I went, there was always a library like ready to welcome me in. And eventually I realized like this is something that I've never thought about before that is also contributing to the community in a way that's not just, you know, the nitty-gritty of politics. It's more of like a human to human level. That was around the time that I started sort of openly musing about pursuing a library career to friends and family. And I guess in the the sort of slow pace that sometimes describes a human life, I eventually got around to it in 2019 when I moved back to St. Louis after a few years and applied immediately. I could say with 2020 being the year that it was, it's been a very uh, varied experience so far. It has a lot of challenges. It also has a lot of opportunities for really rewarding work. I think this is a, a community that really needs its library branch as a, like a locus of like stability and opportunity and resources. And so overall, I would say this is my favorite place that I've ever worked. And I feel so deeply committed to it that I, I wanted to take more responsibility. My favorite thing about the Duval branch, this is going to sound a little bit corny, a little bit on brand, but honestly, just the people. Especially, we have a lot of older visitors, and they're the ones who tend to struggle most with like technological challenges, but are also the most appreciative when someone can sort of help them cross that barrier and actually like accomplish the usually very important things they need done. And we end up feeling very close to them because we spend so much time with them. And we, we get we get to know like their lives, and yeah, that's that's one of the things that sort of gets me here every day. You'll see people, and they'll. They'll come back in and they'll immediately want to talk to one of us in particular. They'll they'll call us out by name. They want to hear everything about 
what we've been up to for the past you know year or so. It's been a lot of that. A lot of very happy children coming in and you know seeing their favorite clerk or being like thrilled to be able to look at the books again in person. A lot of that. Right now, I feel that Duval Service, our branch in particular, is more focused on providing utility at the moment. We're focusing on safety too. We don't want to have any setbacks in this long, difficult, but hopefully very successful fight against COVID we've been putting up. So we can't allow people to do everything they might want to do. But looking forward, I am hoping to make the library a place of discovery, not just utility again, a place where people can can come in and like and not even necessarily know what they want or need, but can just find something because someone cared enough to put it out there. That was Eugene Elder, Deval Library Manager. Your Library Podcast is produced by Creative Experience, a digital makerspace at Central and Bar Libraries. Our recording rooms and other facilities are now open at both locations. Find out more on our website. I'm Hannah Vierkamp. And I'm Mary Meyer. You can find your library podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and now TuneIn and Spotify. Please follow us and leave a review. We welcome your feedback and suggestions, and you can contact us at podcast at slpl.org. Our theme song is by staff member Gary Moore. Additional music was by Thomas Park. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.